Welcome to the Proverbs 31 Ministries podcast, where we share biblical truth for any girl in any season. I'm your host, Meredith Brock, and I'm here with my friend and co-host, Kaylee Olson. Hi, Meredith. I'm not going to lie. I'm laughing right now because what I wrote down here was just, hi. So here I am joining you on the podcast. How are you today? Really glad that you're here and that you're telling me hello. Um, I am so excited to share with you who we have on the podcast today, guys. We actually have a very special guest with us who I need to intro now. So let's welcome my gal, Kendra. Hey, everybody. Hello, hello. Well, I am going to ask her to set up this teaching because it's a conversation between our online Bible studies team and Pastor Craig Rochelle. Can it get any better than that? I mean, online Bible studies. He's good. Pastor Craig. I mean, that's pretty amazing. So this is from our It's Not Supposed to Be This Way teaching series earlier this year. Our teaching series is a way for us to package content for those participating in an online Bible study to dig deeper into the study. We invite guests to speak into a specific topic. And since It's Not Supposed to Be This Way is on disappointment and Pastor Craig's book, Hope in the Dark, was a great match, we had them pair up for the teaching series. So Kendra, talk to us a little bit about that. Yes. So one of my favorite things about the teaching series is how every person is hand-selected and Mm hand-picked depending on what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And Craig Rochelle was the perfect match. Mm -hmm. He's super real, super relatable, and I'm excited for y'all to hear from him and learn from him. Yeah, He's so great. So great. And you know what? I guarantee you there is no one on the other side of this podcast saying, my life is 100% amazing and everything is supposed to be this way, right? And if they are, call us. Mm -hmm. Call in, please. Mm -hmm. We need to know. What's your secret? We also have a therapy and theology series that you should probably listen to. Um, Okay. But if you've loved any of Lisa's messages on the podcast or maybe even read her book, you're going to get a lot out of this conversation. We'll tell you more about our Proverbs 31 online Bible study and how you can get access to even more great content like this right after Pastor Craig's message. But here's Melissa, Kendra, and Pastor Craig. Hey, Melissa and Kendra, you guys are like over the top <laughs> with your encouragement. Thank you. It's a tremendous honor to be with you. I am a massive, massive Proverbs 31 fan. Every woman in my life um, is uh, uh, benefits from what you guys do. And I actually sneak in and kind of uh, creep on some of the content a lot of the time. <laughs> I love it. Love uh, Lisa. Love your whole team. And, and it's just a great honor to be with you guys today. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, Craig. Well, to start things off, we would love our audience to learn a little bit more about you from you. So if you could start by telling us um, a little bit about your background, that would be wonderful. Well, I I grew up uh, going to church, but I was not a Christian, if you can imagine that. We just kind of went to church, and it was in college that my life was radically transformed. Uh, I, I, I went from kind of party guy athlete to um, weird Jesus follower just uh, overnight. <laughs> and the, uh, the people made fun of me a lot. There was a girl that thought I was just ridiculous. And she, uh, she knew another girl that was ridiculous for Jesus like me. And so she said, you guys are so weird. You need to meet. <laughs> and that's how I met my wife, Amy. We say, were, let me guess. Is her name Amy? <laughs> Her name was Amy, and it, it was just—it was a girl that completely was making fun of both of us. She said, "You both are overboard for God, so you should just be overboard for God together." And so that's how I met that's Amy, cool. and uh, 
we will, uh, this May will hit the 28 year mark in marriage. We have Wonderful. six amazing kids. I've got two married daughters. I've got a third daughter getting married this summer. So we've got, I've got a son graduating, a daughter getting married and another grandbaby coming all in a six week. Wow. Period. So you're, you're only a little busy, it sounds We're like. We're having a blast. <laughs> That's great. That is wonderful. And so we um, today we're talking about maybe a disappointment or something that you have gone through to where you have really seen Jesus and hope in the midst of your disappointment. And so we thought it would be um, good for our audience to hear a little bit about what your family um, walked through and is currently walking through when it comes to your daughter, Mandy. So do you want to give a little background about that. Yeah, so Mandy is my, my second daughter, and she's been married uh, going on three years. Uh, right, Mandy was on staff at our church and kind of a, like a little powerhouse. She had tremendous favor, was speaking, um, was chosen to speak at her campus, which was a really special deal and, and, and having uh, a real impact. Just really, really special, special girl. And right before her wedding, she got mono. And we, we were, you know, disappointed and knew it would impact the um, the wedding and the honeymoon and such. But we thought, well, you know, just a little bump in the road. Uh, well, she never seemed to recover from this. And and it went from being mono to being much worse to where, uh, you know, here a 21-year-old girl was she couldn't go to church. She had to just stay in bed nonstop. And if she could go out for an hour, she would pay for it the next three days. And, and it was wow. it just... Um, it came out of, out of the blue. And, and so, uh, you know, in the first month or two, we thought, well, this is going to pass. And then several months, uh, went by and it didn't pass. And so we got really, really worried. Is this a, is this a life threatening situation? And so we pulled out all the stops, taking her, um, everywhere, trying to get a diagnosis and making mm -hmm. sure, you know, is this life threatening is, you know, what's, what's going on. And we, we really couldn't find a diagnosis for quite some time. Uh, and it, it, it just it shattered, you know, our world of seeing our daughter unable to function in any going from totally normal to um, barely able to care for herself. Right. Uh, and let me ask you something right here, because I think the hard part for me in listening to this is not getting the answers. Mm -hmm. It's like when you get the answers, no matter what they are, you know, at least you know what you're dealing with and you can kind of formulate a plan. But when you don't know and you so desperately want to, and it's your child, you see your daughter in this suffering. I mean, how, how do you continue to walk through that? Well, you, you you don't you don't really have a choice, but you're right that the not knowing is agonizing. And I know there are you know a lot of people listening right now that either directly in their life or somebody that they they love is in kind of that that unknown season. And so we you know interestingly enough, um, months and months into it, Mandy just really even though physically she was, was wasted. She, her faith seemed stronger than ours. Mm. And I told her, I said, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of the way you're enduring this. And she stopped me and she said, Daddy, uh, you know, I don't mean to, um, you know, correct you or whatever, but the, what God has showed me is, is not just to endure this, but to embrace it. Wow. And, um, and as, you know, his, um, he, he's doing something in my life through it. And, and she said, I'm closer to Jesus than I ever have been before because of this. And so, what we try to do is instead of just try to make it through it, 
and say a better day is coming later to, to mm-hmm. just embrace every moment. And so relationally, uh, I always hug all my kids, especially my daughters. I just hold them and, and, and hold them. It's ridiculous how obnoxious I am as a dad. And <laughs> I just won't let go of her and my others now because we're going to embrace this moment. We're going to embrace the presence of God in the middle of our pain. We're going to, we're going to try when we don't see what we want to see, still embrace his goodness and recognize he is good in the middle of of unanswered questions, of doubts, of insecurities, of fears, of, of our minds going wild with worry. He's, he's still good. And so, it, you know, so my little, my hurting daughter ministered to me of saying, Daddy, we're, we're not just going to endure, we're going to embrace it. And so that's, that's what we're trying to do. Wow, that's great. That's great. Um, okay, so did you ever, you're talking about how her faith is stronger or was stronger and her faith really inspired you, which wow, you're her father, you're the pastor of this big church. So that's really says a lot um, about that. Did you or anyone in your family ever doubt that God was really listening and working or was that faith pretty strong the whole time? I, I, I hate to say this and disappoint people, but doubt was kind of on the front of my mind a lot of times. And there's still uh, it's kind of like, a, and maybe an alcoholic's always vulnerable to going, a recovered alcoholic is, is vulnerable to going back to alcohol. I would say I feel like a recovering doubter mm. that, that there's still um, once a week, twice a week, that this is God still listening? Does he still care? Yeah. And And so... I had kind of uh, Blackaby, uh, Henry Blackaby years ago in the book Experience of God, he, he talked about what he called a crisis of belief. And I would say that in the middle of standing up in front of our church and trying to preach um, faithfully God's word, I kind of had a crisis of belief uh, where I didn't stop believing in God, but I, I started questioning his involvement in this mm-hmm. whole situation. And the the pinnacle of it was when Mandy was able to come to church, um, just come, she could not stand during worship. And so she's, she's sitting down right behind me um, and had her hands lifted up toward God. And I was preaching on the power of God to heal. And my daughter, it wasn't healed. And I just, I felt like a, a hypocrite. Uh, I felt like I didn't have faith, but I just, you know, uh, uh, Looking at looking at her out there with her eyes closed, believing in the goodness of God, I just I, I reached down to a place where I didn't feel it, but I just believed it in my soul, and tried to preach it and live it. And so that's that's where we are. Um, sometimes we feel faith, other times we just hang on to it, and it feels like the smallest thread. But it's 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 enough. It's there. His grace is real, and uh, so it's not it's not the uh, when I wrote the book, Hope in the Dark, what I totally planned to do was write at the end of the book, okay, now the book's written and here's the last four pages. Here's the end of the story. and Here's the miracle. And the the miracle's there. It's his grace. It's his presence with us, but it's not her healing yet. Right. And so it's not the miracle that I'd hoped for, although I do, I do consider it a, a miracle. Right. Well, you know, one of the things I'm very thankful for about your book, Hope in the Dark, and it's the same with Lisa's, it's not supposed to be this way, is you allow us into something that you're going through. And so often we wait and we read about it when the good news has come or 
the victory has right. happened, you know, what you considered the victory in your mind. And so as a reader, it's easy to go, wow, I wish I could get there. Right. But when you're not there, we see how you really are holding on to that hope as you walk through it. And I think that's important. I agree. That's what I love about Lisa's book too, is just, is, I mean, she did write it out of the rawness of her pain and that's where most of us are living at some point. And, right. and the moment we do have a problem resolved, there's three other ones waiting on the other side yeah, of it. That's, and and yes. that's, that's just life. And so right. you know, the, the longer you live, the, the more you realize that God's goodness isn't just based on us getting the result that we desire, but his goodness is his grace in the middle of the trials. Yes. And I think, you know, one of the challenges a little bit of kind of the Western world of theology is sometimes we paint the goodness of God and he has to give us what we want or he doesn't care and he's not involved. And that's just not, it's not an accurate representation of God's word. You know, Jesus was pretty clear. He said, you, you will have trouble in this world. Yes. And, yeah. But you take heart. He's, he's with you and he, he does overcome. That's one of my favorite verses. Like yes. I say it all the time because it's so true. It's, it's like Jesus said it. You. This should be no surprise, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, Pastor Craig, you mentioned how you struggle with doubt a lot um, and you may to this day about the situation. For those listening that are also struggling with doubt, do you have any tips or practical ways that when you see yourself struggling with doubt, you, you tend to put into practice? What? Uh, yeah, I, I would say this, this is a little bit counterintuitive, but a lot of times we're in, in some church environments, we would discourage doubt and say, you know, you, you're, you're not a strong believer because you have doubts. And a couple of stories in the Bible that really minister to me, one of them is, you know, when Thomas doubted, Jesus didn't scold him and say, you, you know, you're pathetic or whatever. Jesus actually let Thomas touch his side so that Thomas would see that it really was Jesus risen, risen from the dead. In other words, Jesus gave Thomas a gift to build his faith. And, and so that tells me God's not going to look down on, on my doubt and say, you know, I'm not in his family anymore, but often he'll give me what I need to continue on. And there's another powerful little story in scripture about a dad, and, and I can relate because I'm hurting for a child, but, you know, dad has a, um, a son that's afflicted, and, and Jesus is having a conversation with him and, and essentially asked, you know, do you believe I can help the, the, your son? And the dad responds, I, I do believe, and then he says, but help me overcome my unbelief. And that is is that's a picture probably of a lot of people who are listening right now that deep down they do have faith that God can save their marriage. They do have faith that God can help a child get off drugs. They do, they do have faith that God may heal somebody, but at the same time, they right. have that, that little bit of, of mustard seed size, size faith. They might have a mountain of doubt the same, but I don't see it. And I prayed and nothing's happened. And where are you? And I don't understand. And do you still care? And do you know that I'm here? And, and I, I love that. I, I honestly believe in the book, Hope in the Dark, I built off of the Old Testament book of Habakkuk, powerful, rich, rich book. Habakkuk just unloads on God. He tells God his frustration, his doubt, fears, why he doesn't think God is fair. And God is big enough to handle that. I, I'm convinced that God would rather have a scream at him than to run away from him. Right. So if someone's doubting, if someone has questions, someone doesn't understand, take it to God. Don't feel like you have to make it religious and all, you know, pr pretty up your, your, your theology before him. Just, just unload. Tell him where you hurt. 
and the, in the middle of your questions, then do what that father did and say, and now, please help me. Help me overcome this anger, these hurts, right. these fears. Do you know, I remember when I was um, very new to my faith, um, I, was in, I grew up in church, but I really got on fire when I was in my early 20s or started wanting, having that desire to know more about the Bible and grow closer to the Lord. And I remember when I heard, um, when I heard that, that story where the father says, I believe, but help me with my unbelief, that was so freeing to me. Yes. Because I was trying to kind of have that, oh, I have Jesus in my life now. Right. And the lady on the TV who I accepted Christ through, true story, um, <laughs> the lady on the TV told me how different my life would be and that right. now there would be hope. And I kind of expected this instant change. And so I did have this faith and this hope. So I wanted to act like I had this faith and this hope. And I remember doing a Bible study. When I started doing Bible studies is when I started learning I could be real with right. God. I didn't, just because I believed in Jesus didn't mean I had to have put on the front that everything was okay, right, right. Um, that I could be real with God. I could talk to him real. And then you also referred to Habakkuk, which I was not that familiar with Habakkuk really until this year when we, we did it with First Five. But um, I love Habakkuk. It's one of my favorite books do of you? the Bible. Now. Yes, I do. I've gotten some great leadership lessons from Habakkuk. And um I just think, yeah, there's there where you see that realness with the Lord. Yeah. And and that God made us this way. He made us. He created us. He already knows us. He knows what we're thinking. Right. So let's just go ahead and talk to him about it. Right. You know? There's something beautiful that can happen when you're vulnerable. Yeah. So, just getting to that So place. that was really good. Um, thank you for sharing that. The, well, the, the very name Habakkuk is is so powerful that the the origin of the name, it means both to wrestle and to embrace. And, and I love that. So you got a guy who's wrestling with God going, you're not fair. Why are you letting these people do this to us? This, you know, I don't even know if you still care. He's wrestling, but yet he doesn't let go. He continues to embrace in the middle of the wrestle. And that is, that's so freeing to me because I grew up in a culture in the church that, you know, if you, if you doubted, you, you know, there's something wrong with you and maybe you'd lost your faith. And, and what, what I'm realizing is that you can have real faith with sincere questions at the same time. And, God understands that. And that's a part of the maturing process. Without those trials, we never really do get stronger. Right. Um, so, so we're embracing and we're wrestling and we're wrestling and we're embracing. Right. Right. That's great. Yeah. Like Mandy, like you described Mandy, um, not to endure, but embrace. Mm, I love that. Yes. That was great. Okay. So let me ask you about the title because I love the title of, of this book and the subtitle. And I know just from working with Lisa, sometimes she comes up with her own titles and then sometimes the publisher comes up with one that ends up being better or that she didn't think it would, would be, but it ended up, it's not supposed to be this way yes. is one of those. Um, so did you come up with this title? Cause it's absolutely fabulous. Thank you. Yeah, I, I did. It was, it was one of those things where we were, we were, um, kind of just talking with the family about Mandy's situation and but a little, little backstory before I tell you this, this was never going to be a book. It, this was not what the story behind the book is that's really special to me is, um, Adrian, who you may have been working with in, in my office has been on my team for a long time. She um, was a relatively new believer when she and her husband, Danny, lost a child and was, was really rattled from it for obvious reasons. And so I wrote um, her family a letter that was going to be a couple pages, and then I just, just kept writing and writing and writing wow. um, and gave it to them, and they cried all the way through it. 
And that, that became the foundation of the book, Hope in the Dark. She said, you have to give this to other people to help get them through it. And um, we were with our family kind of talking about, do, you know, do I want to do another book at this point? And um, the, the, I just said the words out loud. If we do it, what we want to do is we want to try to give people hope in the dark times. And it was that moment like, okay, that's, that's the book title. We want, to, we want to offer hope when, when they're dark. Right, right. That's great. And I just want to say that like, um, and you actually did talk about this on your podcast with Lisa Turkhurst about, you know, we don't want to compare, compare our dark situations. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's dark for you it, or disappointment for you, it's a disappointment. And so you can always find someone who is going through a worse time with you. And you can also find someone who's, who has it better mm-hmm. than you. And so I think it's important for us to acknowledge the dark places that we are in. And if we feel them, then they are dark. We don't right. need to compare them to anybody else's. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Lisa did such an amazing job. I and mean, she, she talked about the, you know, leading through brokenness and pain. And uh, that particular episode is, is um, one that we've gotten uh, probably as much feedback about her teaching um, as any other one that we've done. Wow. Wow. I'm not really surprised by that. I'm going to say, um, <laughs> yeah, it was, that was great. That was one I've listened to. That's why I know it so well. I've listened to it quite a few times. Um, um, as you were talking with Lisa in that podcast, just in case somebody hasn't listened to it, how would you say when you were going through all this with your family, um, through this disappointment, how did you continue to lead your church and lead your teams when you right. were going through this in your personal life? I think one of the things we've learned to do, and, and we, we, in, in many ways, I've, I've watched Lisa model it, is that uh, it, when when you're transparent about what you're going through, it, it feels risky, mm-hmm. but it actually is, um, it creates trust and it gives you permission to not be perfect as a leader. Um, there's kind of a saying that, that I talk about a lot that, that um, you may impress people with your strengths, but you connect with people through your weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And, and we know that to be true because, you know, like, from a distance, I'm impressed with Lisa Turker's leadership or teaching or content. I'm impressed up close when I see, oh my gosh, she's a human being with real trials, and right. she's and then like then I connect deeply um, with her as a person. And so, a lot of times as leaders, we feel like I've got to always be strong and always have the answers and always know the direction. And you know, we do have to have those um, qualities as a leader. But when we give ourselves permission to say. I'm hurting at this point and, you know, I don't have all the answers and I'm not sure what, what to do next. That, that doesn't discredit us with people. It actually endears us to them. And, and it, it creates a bond that now we're not just doing some kind of mission, you know, together for an external win, but we are, we're like, we're family. We really, we love each other. We care about each other. And uh, I know that you all feel that in Proverbs 31 um, because the, the emotional bond that you have, and, and so, you, you know, we can do that. And I think that's, that's part of the beauty of the body of Christ is that when we're hurting, we don't want to hurt alone. And I see it all the time. We can see two families have a, the same type of a tragedy. And the one that has the support of other believers who've been actively engaged in their life, they, they have help carrying them through it. The other one, equally good family, but without support, Right. find themselves in real trouble. It's the, I think the difference between a personal relationship with Jesus and a shared relationship with Jesus. For, right. for years, we've said, you got to have a personal relationship. I'm barely saying that phrase anymore because I think that a, more, a better New Testament approach is that we have a shared relationship with Jesus, that we experience his presence better 
with people than we do on on our own. There's there's strength in the presence of God as we experience Him with other parts of His family. Right, right, and the Bible points to that mm-hmm. as well. Um, oh my goodness, I think because there's sometimes that for some reason my mind shuts down and I just can't see Jesus yeah. or I'm not, but then my best friend will come right along beside me or my team will say, we're going to pray right now and point me right back. And it just renews my, my hope and my faith. Yeah. It ha- allows somebody to minister to you. Yes. Yes. If, if, I can, if I can even share for Mandy too, uh, here's what's so special. So she's stuck at home. She can't go anywhere hardly at all. And yeah, she, she, she created a YouTube page. And so here's a little kid that you know doesn't have much of a following at all and in this amount of time she's i think she has over ten thousand subscribers now and she has created a ministry for people with chronic illness Um, she's doing an online class and she's going to have her degree here in the next month or so to help people with nutrition and so she's a prisoner in some ways but kind of like paul i'm going to turn this prison into a, a way to be a witness uh, and so if there is somebody that um, Mandy Meehan is her married name, Meehan, or you can even type in Mandy Groeschel and you'll find find your way to her. I'm but, doing that right now. That's so funny that you just yeah. said that. <laughs> We're doing a little research. <laughs> when I go different places, um, the two, it was really special to me. The two things people talk about, they say your podcast has helped and your daughter has helped. I, I hear those things more than my preaching, which is sad, but I do. They I, All over people tell me about how Mandy's faith is helping them get through really tough times. So if you know someone or you are battling with some sort of physical um, ailment or challenge, check out her YouTube page and it, it will, um, I promise her, her faith will inspire you. Right. No, I just pulled up her YouTube page and I'm just inspired by reading the titles of the different um I guess episodes is that what you would call different? Yeah, YouTube things that she has on here. It's a great resource. That's fabulous. We'll definitely share this. Yeah, I made a note to make sure we share that as well. And she's just beautiful. Thank you. She is. All my girls took after my bride. They're all beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) So beautiful. Okay, so um, if you could give a piece of advice to, um, and you've done this the whole time, but if there. I don't know if there's a particular maybe passage or something from the Bible that continues to give you strength, or if you could give a piece of advice to, to someone, to someone right now, because the someone, in fact, many ones of people who are joining us right now, they are in this um, hopeless place, feeling shattered, feeling just disappointed, exhausted, mm-hmm. overwhelmed. Um, what would you say just as, as a friend or even as a pastor to them? You know, on the, on, I know that the range of challenges would be really broad to people that are listening. Right. Those who do face a chronic illness, what I've learned from Mandy is that oftentimes people don't believe them. And, and it's right. kind of an invisible sickness. It's hard, to, it's hard to diagnose. And so to anyone who's in that lane, um, just know that there are people out there that do believe you and, and you may not get always the immediate support, but look for communities like what Mandy has with others. And, and what she says all the time is I couldn't make it without the family of God and with the family of God, I make it with strength. And so find those people that do understand and believe and, and, and we will stand with you. We'll stand together. We'll pray. We'll believe for miracles um, and we'll embrace God along the way. So to a broader group that, that might be facing any number of different challenges, you know, financial hardships, 
um, relational challenges, parenting issues, marriage, and, and, and such. In, in the middle of the darkness, there's still hope. The, the verse that, that I go to over and over and over again through, through the time with Mandy is from the book of Habakkuk when Habakkuk comes to this conclusion that he's not going to see the blessings he wanted to see and, and there's still going to be troubles. And he says that the fig tree doesn't bud and there are no grapes on the vine, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and, and no cattle in the stalls. In other words, though everything I've wanted and everything we've worked for is not going to happen. He says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. Uh, and this is this is where we're trying to, to stand, is that we believe that God is going to heal Mandy. We believe that there are going to be mar- marriage miracles like Lisa's seen. We believe that people are going to recover from addictions. We believe they're going to be have financial breakthroughs. But until that time, and even when we don't see it today, we will rejoice in the goodness of God. His grace is enough. His his strength is there. If there's if this just gives you enough faith to get through the day, realize God gave you a gift today. He gave you what you need for today, and and He is good. There's hope in the dark. We can believe God is good even when life is not. Yes. That's such a good reminder. So good. So good. And, you know, I just want to tell all of you who are listening today, so many of our online Bible study participants say that they're signing up because they're not involved in their local church. And we love, we always want you to come to our Bible studies. We will keep doing Bible studies and we love having you, but we also feel very passionate about involvement in the local church. We just want to encourage you to start going. Mm-hmm. And um, if, if one doesn't seem to work out, go to another one. Right. But don't quit because that connection, that family of believers, you know, um, family of God, that community is so important when you are going through Absolutely. Um, hardships. And even when you're not, you want people to celebrate with you as right. well. But, um, but we, want, we want you to try and find a community, a local church near you where you can get involved. Because when you're down and out, we can give you a message, but we can't come over to your house and bring you a meal right. or pray with you and hold your hand, you know, or anything like that. So I really do want to, um, to say that. Um, at Proverbs 31, our mission is to eradicate biblical poverty. That's right. And um, so that's... That's what we're going to keep doing. And Pastor Craig, I just want to thank you for um, for joining us today. Yeah. I want to thank you for the man of God that you are and um, just sharing, running your church well, leading your family well. And um, it's just been an honor to have you with us today. I just love learning from Craig. And one of the things that he said over and over again was about transparency and connection. Mm -hmm. And he said this, you may impress people with your strengths, but you connect with people through your weaknesses. And I think that's so important as you foster relationships. Absolutely. good. Well, Kendra, you and I were talking about that before we recorded this episode. And I think one thing that I want to point out is that you don't have to be going through something really difficult to be able to like be transparent with someone. Like you can just be transparent with somebody over anything. Mm -hmm. Right. For example, Kendra and I are both um, managers at Proverbs 31, and so something that we've recently started is just meeting with each other once a month where we just are like, hey – I'm learning this right now. Are you like, what do you think about this certain thing? Mm-hmm. And we've just been able to talk with each other about yeah. everything and what it's like to kind of like learn on the, along the bumpy road of like leading in your twenties, which is all, all sorts of awkward, you know, and fun and fun <laughs> and awkward. But, um, you know, like it's allowed us to like foster this relationship where now we don't just talk about that. We talk about other stuff too. And right. We're like right. really close now. And, and it had best. you not taken the risk of transparency, 
you right. wouldn't feel nearly as connected as you do. Yes. You know? And I know for me, y'all, transparency is like one of my – not transparency from like – I don't want to paint the picture that like I'm some kind of sneaky person. <laughs> um, but like I'm trying Behind to do doors. like super sneaky stuff. It's maybe more like I would use the word vulnerable. Yes, like, vulnerable is a great word. I am – I don't have a hard time being transparent and like I really am an open book. I think sometimes my husband gets really nervous that like I, there are people that we barely know that have <laughs> keys to our house. And it really doesn't bother me because I'm like whatever. I, I have nothing to hide in terms yeah. of that. But when it comes to being vulnerable yeah. mm-hmm. for me, that's like the next step of like risk because yeah. I'm really afraid that if I show you what's really on the inside of me, will you still like me? Right. Yeah. Will you still want to be close to me? Because there's that possibility mm-hmm. of rejection. Oh gosh, and, and no it's terrifying, one wants to be rejected. right? It's yeah. terrifying. It's a it's a scary thing. But if you don't take that risk, what happens? There isn't yeah. really no connection. There's no connection. There's no growth. And you live alone in a cave of just yourself, you yeah. know? And so, wow. I mean, what a message. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, He's great, right? He, Pastor Craig, thank you for yes. uh, investing into the community here at Proverbs mm-hmm. 31. Mm-hmm. And before our time ends, I want to point our listeners to a few resources like we promised at the beginning of the episode. The first resource is simply our online Bible studies program. Um, You got to hear an inside peek into what Melissa and Kendra from that team do. And I just want to encourage you to get involved in that community if you're not. You can find out more about our current upcoming study by visiting Proverbs31.org forward slash study forward slash online Bible studies. We would love, love, love to have you there. Um, These studies are completely free and are based on topics that apply to a season of life that maybe you're experiencing, and we hope that you mm-hmm. will find encouragement and biblical community there. Yeah, well, let me just also say something, too. Um, Kendra and I were talking about this before, and it's like what we do here at Proverbs 31 is ministry through transparency. That's right. We don't do ministry for perfect people. We do ministry for imperfect people who come to Proverbs looking yeah. for an answer to an everyday life issue that they're having, right. which is exactly what we do in online Bible studies, which is why I think our community is so great. So definitely go check that out. Um, the second thing that I want to point out are two books mentioned, Lisa's latest release, It's Not Supposed to Be This Way, and Craig Rochelle's book, Hope in the Dark. We're thankful that Craig was gracious to join us and want to point you to those resources so you can dig deeper if you feel led to do so. It's Not Supposed to Be This Way it can be purchased from the Proverbs 31 bookstore, and you can find Hope in the Dark anywhere books are sold. Well... That's about all the time we have for today, (laughs) folks. Thank you all for joining us. And we pray this podcast helps you know the truth and live the truth of Mm -hmm. God's word. Because when you do, it really will change everything. See you guys next time.